from Washington, D.C., this is the Beyond the Dumbbells Show, your source of information and inspiration for living an audacious life. Audacious life. Hear interviews and social banter with special guests on Fitspiration and news from around the globe. Here are your hosts, fitness and lifestyle experts, Brian and Jenny Sweeney. Welcome to episode five. What's up? What's up? What's up? So today we are talking about one of my most favorite topics, which is nutrition. Everybody's favorite topic. (laughs) Exactly. So I think what's fun about this topic is that as soon as people find out what we do for a living, the first thing they ask us is... Hey, uh, is it all about the diet or can I just exercise my weight lean? (laughs) (laughs) Something close to that. Exactly. Um, So today we're going to be talking um, in context about our current nutritional crisis. Oh yeah, it's it's a real problem. Um, I think it's still sixty seven percent of the U.S. population is categorized as um, overweight or obese. Yeah, definitely. So and it's, it's a, definitely a crisis. It is, and I think it's because uh, no one really knows how to eat anymore, and there is um, a ton of misinformation, a ton of contradictory information, and then I also think a true lack of information sometimes. And and don't forget the the room for the bro science. And the, the bro science, the, baby. Some, the somebody always knows better, backwoods, back of truck <laughs> nonsense that people follow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they get whoever gets the most likes, right? That's it. <laughs> then you, they're. Yeah, that's right. Follow me uh, in my ketone <laughs> diet, and I'll I'll get you lean, and I'll get rich. I love it. You already threw that one in there. That's right. We'll get to it. Exactly. Um, so I think to start off, it's probably cool to share kind of what our our nutritional journeys is. Mine mm. is, as always, a very short discussion which is just simply that I really didn't have any kind of nutrition plan, strategy, um, diet until I was in my mid-30s. I think that's normal because most people in their 20s, they can can eat whatever they want. You know, it's... um, if I want it, I eat it. You go out dancing once or twice a, a month and you lose it all. You go run a couple of miles, it all comes off. And, I know, so easy. And then when you hit 30s and you hit that first um, hormone or metabolic change and things don't work the way they used to. Oh, yeah. So, so people underestimate the power of youthful hormones. Definitely. And how you can stay lean. It wasn't that you were smarter back then. It's just you had a lot more of the right hormones. Oh, yeah. Do you want to share anything about yours or would you rather just... Jump in. So I've been through every cycle. I've tested everything. I've tried everything. Um, I was a carnivore for information all through the nineties. Um, I didn't, I was a fat teenager. I say overweight, maybe husky. Husky is the word that I hate talking about, but I was a husky teenager, but there was no science back then. Um, there was nothing that, um, out of the eighties, you were either lean or you weren't, and you just fought as hard as hell to, to not be overweight. But, um, I always test everything before I put it into our clients' hands. Um, I will test things just to see if there's any efficacy or truth to what it does. So, Oh, yeah. And so far, we both still have two eyes. Right. <laughs> One nose. We don't have an extra finger. It's healthy, pretty good. Healthy blood work. Exactly. Um, so I think because you are such, in my opinion, an expert on, on this topic, um, but you are so passionate about it, I would love to get your definition or clarification between we hear things interchanged a lot. Uh, the okay. difference between a nutritional strategy and a diet, and then further along diet, if you can kind of say what you what you think a fad diet is. Brilliant. Okay, so 
diet. Um, everyone hates diets. Um, yes. I, I hate the, the, the first three words in diet is die. And I think that's what everyone privately does when they're on diets is they, <laughs> they secretly die. Um, but diets imply that it's a short term thing. Gotcha. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow a plan. The end is in sight. As soon as I begin, mm-hmm. it's either a wedding, an event, um, a vacation fit into a dress. Oh yeah. Bikini. So there's a marked yeah. end to a diet. It's never, I'm going to diet until my blood work comes back in the line. I've never heard a client come up and say, you know, I'm going to do a diet and put those two words together, mm-hmm. diet and uh, no more diabetic. That's the difference between a diet and a nutritional strategy. Interesting. I love it. So a strategy is a long-term plan, mm-hmm. long-term vision. And also with diets is it implies it's short-term sacrifice where nutritional strategies is, it's just the way it is. You know, you you don't look at things like, well, where are my cheat days? People negotiate through nutritional strategies like, well, okay, that's, this sounds all good, but when's my cheat day? And when do I come off this thing? And when does it stop? And there is no end to nutritional strategies. It's a lifestyle. So do you almost say like a nutritional strategy, like you're going to put into practice something and you're not going to say, I'm going to put this into practice for 17 days or until I can tighten my belt one more notch. Bingo. So it's just kind of like a lifestyle change. Correct. Cool. Diet versus I want to turn back the clock on my age and my health. Oh, I love it. And then fad, you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, fad is any kind of short-term, not scientifically bound, um, kind of ding-dong approach to they're, they're, they're haymakers. So mm-hmm. I look at fads as haymakers. It's people that have struggled and they've gone to every resource available, whether it's Dr. Oz, the National Enquirer, some women's magazine. Right. Um, Men's health. Some, yeah. some, they have right. that freak of nature friend that just runs at low body fat their entire life. And they're mm-hmm. taking guidance from them as if it's going to work the same. Metabolically, we're all different. But fads as a haymaker, it represents people's desperation. you know, And it sucks because the industry preys on that. They prey on people's um, emotional need to be different. Of course. And the fad thing, that's, uh, what was the vinegar diet? That, is that what it was? Oh my apple gosh. Cider. It, it was apple yep, cider. Apple cider vinegar. So apple cider diets, banana diet. Do you remember the egg? We got questioned about <laughs> an, like an egg diet or it was something yeah. like consuming dozens and dozens of eggs in a day Yeah, and you could lose weight. You know why it works is because you're robbing your body of other macronutrients. <laughs> it's not, it's not rocket science. You, you eat apple cider for two months. You're, you're going to lose weight. Oh, yeah. But you know, too, um, you look at those things and it's like, well, first of all, like the apple cider vinegar, it's a cheap product that's promising you massive results. So they're they're great with their marketing of it's cheap. Oh, and it's fast. It's accessible. Nope. And you don't have to take anything else but vinegar. The end. Wait until my trainer hears this. I don't need him anymore. <laughs> I got apple cider vinegar in my corner. And, you know, Dr. Oz has been a very big contributor to the BS. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a loser. As a, as a legitimate doctor, he's a loser for the stuff he's promoted to people and suggested that they don't have to conform behaviors and habits, which goes right hand in hand with a nutritional strategy. If you don't change your, your behaviors and habits, you're not going to succeed. It's a diet. Amen. Yeah. Preach. So, Preach on. Preach on. Exactly. Okay. All right. So where else do you want to go with this? I like it. It's good. <laughs> Sorry. This is a big soapbox. Exactly. Maybe I don't like this topic. <laughs> no, I love it. I love talking about it. And I love even more people that are receptive to putting into action. Um, the things that we talk about, but definitely it's far and few. There's a reason 65 to 70% of the population, like we said, is overweight or obese. Exactly. And we were doing, um, just some background research on this and, you know, me, especially being a female, 
it it makes me so upset to see what women will follow and do and how much time and money they'll invest in a product promising something rather than just taking the time to look into what makes sense that's going to give them lasting results. Well, who's their source of information yeah. or inspiration? I mean, if you're looking at magazines of course, and you've got the chiseled honey on the front yeah. and you know, on page three, it talks about look just like the girl on the front by putting in these five things. Exactly. And then your life will turn around. I know. It's not fair. And it, it's, it's cruel. No, I agree. So I think today would just be fun just um, to talk about just general strategies and, you know, things that maybe you have put into play yourself or you've put into play for us to do together and things that actually work for men and women and both. And okay, it will, it's such a wide topic. We'll, we'll hit a couple of popular diets that people are following today, things that we hear a lot um, in our interactions with people. Love it. Um, fun stat uh, to go along with everything you just talked about. And mm-hmm. it was a, it's a, it was a UK poll that said that women will spend a combined total of 17 years on a diet. Ooh, and that's, I, I, I couldn't find the accurate number on diets per year, but it was a total 17 years on a diet. That's how much of their life is wasted. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just on trying to, <laughs> trying to find the magic pill sometimes. That's right. That's oh right. my gosh. Not to mention the starting and stopping and the emotional toll and the physical toll that it takes to do that to your body over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that um, doesn't come up a whole lot is actually when you're, you know, losing and gaining those same pounds over and over again, trying these different diets. What does that actually do to your body? You it know, wrecks like, you. I know it just, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't come up. It's so bad. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so I, I like, I have a, a small little, I guess, history lesson on nutrition and where I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be talking to somebody that's listening right now. Uh-huh. Um, in the eighties, you know, I grew up and it was just when I think weight started being a conscious uh, thing and it was the marketing and the mm-hmm. advertising at the time in the eighties and it was, um, tab soda, <laughs> yes. right. And, uh, Pepsi one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember very distinctly as a young lad, why they would make a half calorie Tic Tac and why everyone gave, gave a crap about it. They were so excited about it. One half calorie Tic Tac. <laughs> so in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. it was all about working out and reducing your calorie intake. Mm-hmm. Um, Special K came out with, can you pinch more than an inch? Do you remember on their cereal cereal advertisements? I cannot believe what you can hold in your brain. <laughs> yes, I do. Trivia for knuckleheads. <laughs> but um, so in the 80s, we've got an entire generation. So we'll, we'll tag Generation X, but it, it affects more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the 80s, we came out and we're like, oh, I just, if I want to lose weight, I reduce my calorie intake. Yep. That's cool. Then in the, uh, in the mid 90s, then we were introduced to Mr. Adkins um, with the Adkins diet. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down by... Um, sitting beside a guy at work and uh-huh. I looked over and he had three inches high stacked full of eggs and bacon. And I looked over and I said, what the heck are you doing to yourself? Because I'm on a diet. I was like, what are you talking about? And it was the Atkins diet. And it was the first time it was really mainstream to cut every carb out of your diet. Yes. And it was abused because people took the little bit on the front end, which was no carbs. Atkins actually had a progression model where you reduce carbs and you slowly brought them back in and people just hung on to the zero part because it was the immediate results part oh you better believe it they started looking good lord heaven help their cholesterol levels and you right. know the the amount of animal saturated fat they were consuming who cares <laughs> right um they got rid I, of muffin top and it was all good <laughs> even atkins we don't have a good test subject i think the dude fell and bumped his head and died i, I legit think <laughs> oh yeah so we don't even have like a track record on how he with his own nutrition plan he fell down a flight of stairs or something. That's horrible. Yeah. But so Atkins is now out of the picture. Right. Mid 90s. 
And we have a generation of people that what has stuck now is if I want to lose weight, mm-hmm. I have to reduce my calories and now I need to stay away from carbs. Yep. So now they've integrated both and now we're moving forward. I was going to say, you know what's coming next. Yeah. So <laughs> a couple of years later, it's like science came out and it's on every ding dong website and uh, every magazine. Like, oh my God, we had it all wrong. Now it's fat is evil. <laughs> you know, you need to get all fat out of your diet. And exactly. all of a sudden everything was fat free. Yes. Um, even things that naturally didn't have fat in them said fat free. I, I mean, people, that was just the buzzword is go fat free. So now <laughs> fat, fast, fat free water. Oh my Lord. So <laughs> right. Gluten free water. So now let's fast forward again a couple more years. And I have a generation that is carrying a low calorie mindset, a um, carbs are bad mindset and now no fat mindset. Mm-hmm. And now that has left an entire generation of people eating, um, chicken and salads. That's yep. the only thing that, um, that's left with because at the time they started doing this it has been built into their psyche that Mm -hmm. there's some science backing to this and they're taking the bits of science pseudoscience over all those years and they are completely malnourished and you know they don't generate enough hormones to have a sex drive they don't have enough carbs they have any energy Mm -hmm. they're not even eating a good um, micronutrient profile to where they're getting good vitamins and minerals anymore so they look like crap. They feel like crap. Yes. Low sex drive, bad sleep. Yep. Um, and they're still struggling in dieting. Absolutely. And you even talk about the things that people don't tie to. I mean, it's like, you know, your hair used to be shiny and it's not anymore. And your skin Diet. is really dry. Diet. And people are saying, well, it's winter. And it's not, it's like, but wait a minute. You can't just attribute that. What have you been eating this winter? Buck naked ready is, is what we'll call that. You need to be buck naked ready. <laughs> buck naked. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the season is. You always say things that I can picture on t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> BNR. Exactly. Um, so the, the, the telltale signs you brought up hair and skin, obviously, but fingernails is another one. Yes. Because when you eat poorly, your digestion, your horsepower for digestion can kind of get impaired as well, which mm-hmm. is you start seeing ridges in your toenails and your fingernails. And mm-hmm. if you look at them and you see that they're not growing back the way they used to, you're now showing signs of malnutrition. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody right now is looking at their, their fingernails. At Hopefully least. not their toenails. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. Stop doing that. All right. So that's kind of the history lesson on trying to explain to somebody that we've been psychologically, um, manipulated into understanding what science tells us is best. And that's why a lot of people they're left with their scratching their head and they don't know where to go with it. Exactly. Shocker. And that goes back to what I was saying in the beginning where it's like, it's misinformation, it's contradictory. And then sometimes there just isn't information out there. So I think some of these um, diets pop up and because there isn't a ton of information, people are like, Oh, it must be a great thing. So I went on three different websites they all three said it was great, but what they're not realizing is perhaps that product or you know specific diet plan hasn't been around a long, long enough to get not. tested and tried. Of course not, and heaven forbid some celebrity endorse it out of nowhere. Oh man, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you want to cover any specific diet? Did you have something in mind? I do actually. Oh, how, all right. That's, so that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're so. It's shocked. almost like we planned this. I know. So the first thing that I want to talk about is your opinion and thoughts on going gluten free. Okay, beautiful. And let's just get this out there. I'm not a nutritionist, right? No. So I'm a nutrition specialist. It's a title I gave myself. Um, nutrition expert. I like that one as well. I do too. Um, the differences between I'm touching on this for liability reasons. <laughs> There's registered dietitians and then there's nutritionists. And the difference between them is that they're either 
They're further board certified for diagnosis and treatment of illness. And when we're talking about a generic nutrition person like myself in the great state of Virginia, I do not need to have shingles hanging on my wall to be an expert. I like it. I like it's like, no, I actually think it's a very important clarification too. I have certifications in nutrition. Yes. But I'm not board certified. Exactly. Clear. Cool. Yes. And I think we can further say that everything that you and I talk about nutrition wise is based on personal experience and clients shared experience with us. And their results, obviously. I think that's a fair statement. And I can tell you that um, nutritionists get all salty when they see that um, so nutritionists and RNs, um, or not RNs, are, nurses are cool, but it's um, RDs, registered dietitians. nurses. Yeah, n- nurses are cool. Um, but sometimes they get upset because they cling to bad, uh, outdated science, not bad, but outdated science longer mm-hmm. than they should. And I have, we've had a lot of clients that have spent tons and tons of money and time with nutritionists and with registered dietitians, and it's just, it wasn't working. The fit wasn't there. Right. As a side note, I'm sure there are some fabulous. There ones are. Out I'm there. sorry, I didn't, I'm, exactly. I'm you know, pick, I got to bring you back. Somebody. Okay. Okay. So gluten free. Can I first share my experience with going gluten free? I can't wait. Okay. So, I, I do not know because I have never been tested to know if I have a gluten intolerance or not. Okay. But something that I found along this awesome journey of ours is that when I cut out gluten completely, I felt better. Okay. Okay. And further to that, when I would bring gluten back into my diet, and still today, if I do, um, if I drink beer, which is, of course, only like once a year. That's right. Hardly um, ever. Yes. Hardly ever. Drink beer, or I eat pasta. Okay. Again, once every two, three years. Exactly. Or so doesn't happen. Exactly. Basically, you have something that (laughs) basically that doesn't have something that says it isn't gluten free. Mm. My wedding band, I can't get off my finger. Okay. My hands ache. My knees ache and my feet ache. Okay, so you you just ran down a whole litany of things that are common issues with people that have some form of gluten intolerance. Exactly. Now, gluten is a naturally occurring thing on wheat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's it's not gluten itself isn't bad. Correct. Now, where we get into trouble? One, it was pushed as a fad diet. Mm by a celebrity. Um, I'm not even going to give that person the credit to go back to them. <laughs> but uh, And all of a sudden, it was gluten-free crazed nation. Everyone right. started cutting out gluten, the poor freaking wheat farmer. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things that happen with wheat. Um, true gluten intolerance, you know it. We're talking celiac disease. We're talking IBS. We're talking Crohn's. We're talking people that have legit GI issues with gluten. Like it's impacts their life. Absolutely. So those are true gluten problems. So they almost wish that the only thing they had going on was that their rings were a little bit tight. Bingo. Right. So, but it just so happens that when you cut out wheat, if Mm -hmm. you call yourself gluten free, you're getting rid of processed wheat. No duh. You're going to lose weight. Okay. Cut out wheat. It's the same thing as when I say gluten free, it's the same as saying I'm going pasta and bread free. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to lose weight. Of course course I am. And it's a fad. That's what we're talking about. Now, there, there's some interesting things with gluten. Um, there's, a, there's a certain amount of gluten that exists in a certain amount of wheat. Mm-hmm. As a, it's a measured amount. Okay. Because there's so much cross-contamination between re, uh, wheat and nut products or something else that you're creating in that facility, you have a lot of cross-contamination with foods that normally don't have gluten. Makes total sense. Okay. Which is why now you can see a pack of almonds that says gluten-free. Well, since gluten only naturally occurs on wheat, why would it have it on there anyway? 
-hmm. It's because of cross-contamination. So gotcha. when, when you see something, and here's the trick, it might only be marketing. Uh, there, it might not actually even be in a plant that processes any other wheat product, but they got certified as not having wheat in the building, so now they're able to put gluten-free on the tag, which is why you buy it. Of course. Which is why you might even pay more for it. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. So, you better believe it. So you got the, the couple things going on. Overexposure to a lot of gluten, more than what nature would have provided. Okay. May cause an issue. The other, which I think the more profound, is the amount of glyphosate that is used on wheat, mm -hmm. which is a weed killer component. Oh, gosh. So now we've got high, high amounts of exposure to a chemical that's tied to wheat. So when people are talking about, I feel so much better on gluten-free, right? what they're saying is, I feel so much better when I stay away from wheat, which if you dig a little bit further, I feel so much better when I'm not consuming large amounts of glyphosate. Gosh, and that's of, terrifying. And of course, because it's um, scumbag special interests, <laughs> there's no real proof that glyphosate causes problems. You know, Gosh, just like crazy? just like forty years ago, cigarettes didn't cause problems. You know, yep. but it's common sense. If it's not occurring in nature, and you consume a lot of amounts, uh, a lot of amounts of it, you're running the risk of developing some kickback. So it makes sense. Gluten, gluten free. Yeah, rock on. You know, if you can bind yourself to that little avatar and be like, I'm a gluten free person, but I don't have any really IBS or struggle with mm -hmm. celiac or anything else. Great. You know, you picked a camp. You're in that camp. Just watch out for your People are targeting you for marketing, mm -hmm. and um, you may be consuming, you know, food that you don't need to avoid. I like it exactly. Just so, so it's kind of like just be aware that it could be a marketing ploy. Yeah, yeah. But you don't. You would never say to somebody, "Oh, don't join the gluten-free camp." Just do the no pasta, no bread camp. Exactly. Call yourself no bread, no pasta. <laughs> I'm gonna see oh, another T-shirt. <laughs> I like this. Uh, so okay. NBNP. I'm the NBNP group. No bread, no pasta. <laughs> I love it. It's a new fad diet. Okay. So then I have another one. And okay. this is my this is my most favorite one to bring up with you. Uh -huh. Because again, we're going to call you passionate from now on about everything. Okay. <laughs> so angry. I can't wait till you say your infamous line that makes uh -oh. everybody in a nutrition conversation with you sick to their stomach. Okay. I want to talk about dairy. <laughs> so a okay. dairy, maybe not dairy based, but a diet that allows dairy to any degree, mm -hmm. and then a dairy-free diet. I can't wait to you. I can't okay. wait to you bring up cows. So, the the best definition I've heard of dairy. What is dairy? Is that it's the lacti lactaceous secretions of a bovine animal. It's my favorite. I love when you say it. Which is nasty. That's <laughs> my, <favorite>. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Okay, so I I grew up pro dairy. I grew up all dairy. I grew up all cheese. I love cheese. So it, I'm not coming at this from an angry position. Um, this is through my own experience that I noticed a physical change when I got rid of dairy. Yes. Um, it just so happened that in my blood tests, the mediator mediator release tests. Um, it actually came back and suggested dairy when I mm -hmm. already suspected dairy. Um, and then that prompted me for further research and to dig into more as to what's up with that. If you are a, if you're on the risk of a malnourished situation, you're not able to feed yourself or mm -hmm. your kids or, you know, there, there's something going on where there's malnutrition is prevalent. Mm -hmm. Dairy's fantastic. It's high calorie, fat dense mm -hmm. protein. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. In a uh, modern society where we have a, any amount of food from any place around the world available to us, <sighs> it's we something do. we don't need in our diet. Mm -hmm. And the argument always comes up, um, 
prevalent marketing that still exists is, well, what about strong teeth and healthy bones? It's almost like you're programmed to say it. Of course you are. Because in the 80s, especially, it was you were flooded all the way into the 90s. You're flooded with strong teeth, healthy bones. Definitely. And it turns out that that wasn't true. Yeah. And two, there were all the milk ads, again, with celebrities, milk mustache, oh, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. So mar- marketing again. That's right. Which, by the way, I never drank milk so thick that it stuck to my lip like a mustache. So no, I don't, I, th- I don't think that was real. <laughs> I think it was fake. It's probably ice cream on their lip. But it turns out that the, the marketing machine of the dairy industry, the dairy initiative, they were never able to prove that it was a good source for teeth and bones. Right. And that was based on the amount of calcium, uh, that t- that elemental type of calcium that's in dairy, its absorption rate into mm-hmm. humans, and how well it was the uptake was there. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into vitamin D, everything now is fortified with vitamin D. You can get it anywhere else. You don't need dairy for vitamin D. Definitely. Um, I think, again, it's one of those things that people are either they grew up on dairy which I am sure the milk that our parents grew up on, that we grew up on, is very different than what's mm-hmm. being delivered to stores today. It, it's you. I don't want to sound like an eco weenie, mm-hmm. you know, where it comes into. Yes, I want humane treatment. Uh, of course, I don't want. Of course, I don't want uh, anything that I consume. I don't want it injected and flooded with hormones and antibiotics because right. they overproduce milk. They've got the harvesters on them for so long. Mm-hmm. It creates problems with them physically mm-hmm. and to keep them from getting infections with the harvesters, um, they have to give them antibiotics. Right. So now I'm consuming antibiotics. Why do we have drug resistant strains of the flu and everything else? Mm-hmm. Everything we consume has got antibiotics now right. from the meat and the dairy industry that, um, you know, it's there. Why not just be smart about it? Yep. Why go that route? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I like that you brought up too that if it's a malnutrition, because it's it is a lot more cost effective to oh yeah, a gallon of milk exactly do a gallon of milk versus going to buy you know the some lean cut of red meat. I absolutely agree. I think that's an awesome point. The the last thing worth mentioning with dairy is it has been shown to be pro-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So dairy products, saturated animal fat. It is pro-inflammatory, and it does have adverse reactions over time. So mm-hmm. if you are a heavy cheese and dairy consumer, over 20 to 30 years of nonstop intake of that food, you're going to show problems. Um, we know now that inflammation is the precursor to disease and illness Gosh. over time. So the more inflamed you are in certain areas in your body, the more your there are chances of developing some illness out of it, You know whether it's obesity, which is avoidable mm-hmm. uh, colon cancer or uh, exposure to chemicals or something else i mean yeah it's very sad it's sad that the consumer market isn't as informed and a lot of times it's like wrestling a, a baby rattle out of a kid's hand when you mm-hmm. talk about taking dairy away from somebody um but i've never felt i feel like crap when i consume dairy i still enjoy it oh yeah i understand the cost of it definitely you know, but now it's maybe cheese honest to goodness probably 10 times a year, I might I have cheese. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I'd say 10. I do miss it. I loved it so much. I know. No, it was. But again, you know, it's the same thing as gluten-free, which we've already talked about. It's just become informed. And I think pay attention to your body. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, as always, just kind of do your research. And if you're, if you notice that you have a reaction like I have with gluten, I yeah. also have a reaction with dairy where I get a little bit of stomach bloat. Yep. Then you just pay attention. Cool thing is, is... You have the choice to make whether or not to continue along the same path or change it. I would challenge anyone to give yourself 30 days off of gluten or dairy. We're not even into the other fads and stuff yet. Right. But 
just one or the other. Yes. 30 days without it and watch what happens. That may be awesome. Most people come on the backside of that 30 days. They're like, I can't believe how good I feel. I know. I can't believe how much weight I've lost. I can't believe. I can't believe. 30 days. Give it 30 days. Yeah. I promise you, you're going to see some changes. Yeah. I definitely in it and in a positive direction. Yes. Okay. So the last one I want to talk about, and then we can talk about anything you would like to. Okay. <laughs> I just I just want to look at your face for this one because I know it's going to be good. Can we talk about keto? Oh, please. Can we? <laughs> okay. So keto I'm like diets. I'm clapping my hands like a child. <laughs> keto diets. Um, I have a lot of friends that uh, they do the mid-level marketing for keto and they're good people and they have good intentions and they do want to help people. So this isn't to blast anybody trying to get somebody else healthy, mm -hmm. but um, there's so much misinformation as to what keto and ketogenic diet is mm -hmm. and what it takes to be truly ketogenic. So keto, um, I'm trying to keep this all layman's. I was going to say, you can't talk like you. No. You got to take it down and pretend that you... Lay it down. Okay, so <laughs> ketogenesis is a process that happens when the body converts. Um, it goes after fat more aggressively. Okay. You have, you have restricted your carb intake so much mm -hmm. that your body freaks out and says, I need to start accessing fat faster. Okay. So I produce ketones. Okay. And it becomes a fuel source. I love it. That was very simple. Thank it, you. There's, there's so much more to it. That's not just it. Um, but the idea is the more ketones, okay. you're ketogenic. Gotcha. Okay. And as soon as your body senses that there's carbs back in the bloodstream, the body says, I don't need to be in ketogenesis anymore. <laughs> it doesn't want to be in keto, mm -hmm. uh, the um, ketosis. It doesn't want to be there all the time. So mm -hmm. as soon as you mess up, you fall immediately out of ketosis and you go back to burning normal fuel the normal way. Interesting. Carbs. Okay. Yep. So what happens is we tried this. And again, I tried going hardcore and I read a book that was pretty good. It was, um, I think it was by Mercola. It was, um, I'll get the name of it before we stop. Yep. Um, but the, the book was specifically directed on how to go to true ketogenesis and how to do it. It requires so much work mm -hmm. and so much food. Mm -hmm. um, my fat intake for the three to four weeks that I did it nonstop, mm -hmm. it was uh, over 200 grams of fat a day. Yeah. That's a ton of fat. So guess what happens if I'm not in ketosis and I'm consuming excess amounts of fat all day long? It gets stored <laughs> as fat. Right. Right. It's crazy. Um, the other side of that is I've restricted my, um, some people don't bring in enough protein. There's a, there's a, there's a boundary there because aminos are at risk of being consumed. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're in that state, mm -hmm. low carb, um, high fat state. The downside is people equate low carb diets with with a ketogenic diet. It's like, oh, I'm keto. I'm eating 80 grams of fat and I'm only eating 15 grams of carbs a day. Right. Well, that's not, that's not ketogenic if you're not testing your blood. Yep. And they're not, and you said too, not factoring in where protein plays into all of this too. So it's mainly just a focus on that their fat intake is high and their carb intake is low. Correct. And they've seen results because, duh, it's low carb. Exactly. You, and they're changing something they're doing. We're back to the no bread, no pasta, the NBNP <laughs> diet. Exactly. Where it's, you've cut out wheat and, and simple sugars and processed foods. And they're like, I'm keto. I'm losing weight. You're losing weight because you're low carb. Yes. Now, so that you don't end up eating muscle, um, you have to consume a fair amount of protein. Here's the <laughs> funky part. If you consume just a little too much protein, 
there's a process that your body, it's uh, gluconeogenesis, it'll actually convert proteins to carbs, <laughs> so and that will throw off your ketosis. It's insane. So people are like, I'm just high fat, high protein, and I'm low carb, I'm, ke- I'm ketogenic. <laughs> if you're eating too much protein, and there's no way to freaking tell. Of course. Your body will turn that into f- glucose, and it will turn off ketosis. Well, I think what was interesting with our journey with this is that we really did test our blood. I never want to have my finger pricked again. Four times a day. Yeah. So we really did closely monitor everything that we did to see how it affected us so we could be informed enough to share our experience with other people. Yeah. So the, the reading was supposed to be, I think our target was 4.5 on the mm-hmm. ke- on the keto strip. Not the not the one you pee on, but the um, the blood strip. Right. It's different readings. Um, 4 to 4.5 meant you were really there. Yeah. It took me a couple days to get there. And if I looked at a freaking chip, it went out. I know, I, I seriously. Mean, it didn't take anything. <laughs> and that's because for me to get my 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight, mm-hmm. it would fluctuate where I think it turned more of it into sugar because we were testing blood sugar as well at the yes. same time. And that would go up and down yep. raging while trying to maintain a low level or the high level of ketosis or ketone levels in the blood. Exactly. No, it was... I think the experience, and I'm so happy that we did it because I was also intrigued by this keto thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the word that's, <laughs> I like the word. Yeah. Um, but I had found for myself that it was like, okay, so my brain seems to be a little less foggy mm-hmm. as long as I was in ketosis. But I gained a lot of belly fat. So it was like, Okay, so again, which one do you want? So you're looking at, you know, overall health and wellness. So I'm um, my brain was operating what seemed like a little bit better, or was it just me saying, Oh, I bet you this keto diet is making me more aware, or was I just focused? <laughs> you know, like they, they, they actually show that you'll there's the, the the likeliness that you'll gain some weight and go backwards before you go forward is mm-hmm. is legitimate. So a lot of people they start holding on to that whole, I've never been so clear in my, you know, my, I'm so, no brain fog. I feel right. so good. Well, your brain doesn't have a storage capacity. There's no way to store energy in the brain. So your brain runs on sugar. Mm-hmm. It's stored in the liver. The, the, the finite amount of sugar that's kept in the liver is for your brain. It's reserved for there. Well, when you drop down into no carbville, and you start going through the brain fog, brain fog, brain fog, so that you can survive, it's the liver that produces the ketones as an alternate fuel for your brain. That's a really good way to put it. Now It's very simple. I like that. Well, here's where people take the ketone supplements, and they're like, this is so fantastic. I'm losing weight because I'm taking this ketone supplement. Right. But the guidance with the supplement is that you must be on a low-carb diet as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ergo... I'm losing weight because I'm on a low-carb diet, a smart low-carb diet, no processed foods, you know, leafy greens, lots of veggies. Yep. Um, and then the ketones, they're not pro- ketones produced by the body. They're ketones produced by the supplement. So they're getting the cheat. They're cheating. I hate saying this. It's not a cheat. The- they're choosing an alternative method that requires them yes. to spend additional money. How about let's put it that way? You're going to feel like an animal if you're consuming straight ketones. You're going to be sharp. It's almost going to be like taking a nootropic. You're mm-hmm. going to think well. Mm-hmm. You're going to have boundless energy. Mm-hmm. But the ketones aren't from your fat stores. They're from the supplement. And the it's reason crazy, you're seeing crazy, progress crazy. in the low in the low body weight is uh-huh. because you're on a low-carb diet. 
I tried the supplements too. So before I, I went raw keto, that's what I'll call the natural way to do it, which was fat bombs in the freezer, yep. monitoring my stuff all day long. It was boring. I hated it. <laughs> lazy keto, you don't eat the 200 grams of protein a day or fat, fat sorry. Yep. Um, so lazy keto is like, I do anywhere from 80 to 100 grams. You're not on keto. Right. You're not, you're not all in. Um, but to get rid of that brain fog. Now, here's the one time I'd say the keto supplements would be fantastic. Uh-huh. Let's say you are already low body fat, mm-hmm. very fit, very healthy, mm-hmm. and you wanted some horsepower for workouts, an event, mm-hmm. or studying for finals. You yeah. know, consuming ketones at that point, you don't have to worry about converting them from body fat. Consu- gotcha, gotcha, consume gotcha. them in a supplement; they're going to feel like taking turbo. You know, your your brain's going to work better. You've got a very immediate access to fuel. They're going to be great. That's a, yep, I like that. They're just expensive as hell. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, I talked my head off on. Yeah, but it's a, I think it's the um, most, I would say, maybe relevant fad right now going on. It's prevalent. And I just don't, again, I just don't know if people really understand what exactly that diet is, you know, the, whether or not they should try it or if it's for them, or rather than going a route of a fad diet, just simply make some adjustments to what you're doing in your current diet. And you keep going back to how many carbs are you consuming in a day? Just take a look at that. Yeah. And and don't spend the extra money on the supplements. The supplements. So if not to completely poo-poo anyone that is super successful and following the guidelines the way they're supposed to, mm-hmm. uh, those of you that are out there, but the recommendation for anyone seriously considering undertaking a ketogenic lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle, you don't come off of it, so it's not a diet, remember. Right, right, if right, your right. nutritional strategy is keto, mm-hmm. then that you adapt it for life. Right. Don't go starting and stopping. Um, do it in concert with your doctor. Definitely. Go get your cholesterol levels tested because mm-hmm. uh, your first couple months, if you've got a propensity for heart disease, you go in for a blood test and you don't mention your keto, your doctor's gonna freak out when he sees <laughs> yeah, your, your, you know, yeah, your yeah. numbers. But um, get a baseline, get your lipids checked, mm-hmm. um, figure out your blood sugar, go do the, and then in concert with your doctor, monitor it over the first six to eight months, mm-hmm. make sure you're doing it right, make sure that it's going the way it's supposed to, then you're true ketogenic. And you can do it without the supplements, by the way. So, but if you're doing it on your own and you're doing it as a start and stop, you're just jacking up your body. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just go no bread, what did I call it? NBMP. Yeah. No bread, no pasta. No bread, no pasta. The NBMP fad diet. So to kind of wrap up the keto thing, or maybe just, you know, talking about all these diets or nutritional strategies in general, Mm -hmm. I would say that the advice that we would both give people is a great place to start is with your doctor. So you go, you get your blood drawn, you run, I think you always call it like a full panel and just see kind of what your body looks like on the inside first. Yeah. You'd agree? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you're, if you don't have blood work, you're guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, we'll put the details in the in the podcast notes, but mm-hmm. there's um, James LaValle, 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 mm-hmm. but uh, his book, um, Blood Never Lies. Yeah, you, you can't, um, regardless of whether or not your pants fit great, you know, you feel great. You know, mm-hmm. your, your blood is the true test of what's going on with you. And Definitely. without the details, you're guessing. Yep. Okay. So great. So yep. Good place to start. Exactly. And then I would say if you have the financial ability to do so, consider the MRT test that we did. Yeah. So that's the next level mm-hmm. is the mediator release chest. It's not, it's not a, a true inflammation. It's not mm-hmm. 
C-reactive proteins or going in that direction. It shows you, based on a food list, how your body responds to those foods. Right. They call them inflammation markers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same as like a, a skin prick test with the histamines, mm-hmm. you know, his, the, your histamine response. But the MRT will show you that there's some foods that you might want to consider on your healthy path, mm-hmm. removing altogether. Yep. And remember, um, we touched on it earlier that inflammation is the precursor to illness and disease down the road. So knowing that those foods cause inflammation, I want to get them out. Right. Some, it might be dairy. Some, it could be squash. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. It's crazy. The, uh, the foods they test and then what you come up with that is part of, for us, that was part of just our daily life that you would never have looked at as something that would have a negative impact on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. So it's more like just be, just be informed, but definitely go through the doctor first or go through, get a, get your blood panel, get everything done and, and great starting point right there. Yes. You, and not to shy away from the professionals that can give good sound nutritional guidance, assuming your state regulations let you do it and you're not trying to treat any illness or disease Correct. to go to somebody and get guidance is totally cool. Yes. Because we're talking about lifestyle habits and behaviors. Exactly. And information that's available. I don't tell people to eat this food and it'll fix your Crohn's. Oh, you know, gosh, the difference never. is based on the research that I have here, hand the client the, the paper, Right. this has been shown to irritate Crohn's patients. Of course. Now you're informing. So we're in the job of informing and passing that yes. information back and forth. Yep, yep. Um, if it comes down to where somebody starts developing, like you'd said, legitimate issues, kickback, pushback, there's something going on. We can again, give guidance on how to remove external influences, mm-hmm. But yes, and I'm trying to clarify how that referral process works. Um, know your body over time. Stop mm-hmm. dieting. Um, yeah. uh, work with your doctor if things become too resistant. Mm-hmm. The downside with the doctors, ugh, you've got those Kevorkian practitioners out mm-hmm. there too that would rather just start pumping you full of B shots and medical food, which they get huge kickbacks on, by the way. I know they do. So they put you on, um, hey, just eat these shakes and do these things. There's mad markup on those two guys. I mean, you know that there's, they have a motivation right. behind that. Sure, they want you to get healthy and fit, but they also want, one, they want your transformation story because it's good for their business. Of course. Two, they're going to pump you full of drugs to get it artificially down, and then as soon as you come off their program, your propensity for putting the weight back on is huge. Exactly. Whereas our approach, and we do this, and this is why we're different, we educate people so that they understand how to make the tr- smart decisions on their own. Definitely. If you still need a trainer after training in a gym like ours because mm-hmm. you don't understand nutrition, then we're not doing you a service. Right. Um, and we do nutrition talks pretty hardcore a couple times a year to make sure people understand how to do the basics. Exactly. And I like ours because we have tested everything and we are obviously male versus female. You know, mm-hmm. there's a few years difference in our age. Our backgrounds are very different as far as, you know, sports and an active lifestyle. So we're two people that had very different, you know, upbringings and everything. So I I think we represent general population. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It was, you know, I think that we have been well-informed because we've done our research, we've tried everything. And when people can ask us about, you know, diets or strategies, I think that we are very well-rounded because we've tried so many different Mm -hmm. things. And then we have found out year after year when we share our strategies, even with people when we're on vacation, 
we stay in touch with them and what we recommend has tremendously helped them. They see progress. They see progress. It's not witchcraft. (laughs) No, no. And they didn't have to get on meds, like you said, or medical food. You know, they just simply made some changes in their diet once we went over kind of what they eat in a day. Yeah. And then they started to sleep better, feel better, look better. It's a pretty amazing feeling. Um, I love what we do. I love what we do. (laughs) Um, So let's, let's, I guess let's wrap with some final just recommendations or tips. Okay. Okay. So whether, regardless of where you're starting from, Mm -hmm. track and monitor everything you eat. Yep. Um, There's a plethora of apps available to do food journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, Much, much the same as you can't make changes to your health. If you don't understand what your blood work is, we can't make, suggestions on where to go with nutrition if we don't know what you're really taking in exactly 99.9% of the people say they eat healthy but they can't really define what that is usually it's well I don't eat I don't drink sodas and I don't eat bread right (laughs) but the journal is your first step into getting a professional to really take a um I would say a stab at beginning to help they're gonna have a better picture of where you're coming from definitely and be honest in the journal so write down truly if Truly, every single thing that you consume. Weigh everything. Yes. If you're eating a cookie, no one's going to judge you for eating the cookie. You just have to journal it. Of course not. Great. Um, when you shop at the grocery store, it should all be on the outside aisle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means produce and meats. Everything else, you run. <laughs> <laughs> Best you can. Um, I still go on the inside too. and it's <laughs> um, He said run. But the... If it's processed, look for the fewer amount of ingredients. Before, mm-hmm. it was just look out for high fructose corn syrup. Now, we're way beyond that now, especially when you're looking at, like we talked about, influences from wheat, influences from of other course. pesticides. So the fewer ingredients, the better. Exactly. Shop. So like if you're going to shop for rice, it should say rice. There you go. <laughs> Don't buy Uncle Ben's, which has got eight <laughs> other things in it. It's not healthy just because it's rice. Right. Look at the back. Exactly. Um, Read your label and your ingredients. Read your label. <laughs> fat is good. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to consume fat. 30% of your daily intake a day should include fat. Mm-hmm. Um, fat's necessary for sex drive. It's necessary. Woo-woo. That's right. So, yeah, to you 40-year-old <laughs> chicken and lettuce eaters, if you have no sex drive, it's because you've cut all the fat out of your diet. Um, go eat some butter. No, That's, my, that's dairy, also my favorite thing you say. Dairy, go ahead. Dairy-free butter. Go eat some dairy-free um, butter. <laughs> but 30% of your diet is supposed to contain fat. I mm-hmm. always recommend 10% of that animal-based. So your olive oil, coconut oil, nuts, seeds, whatever, you know, your 30% should come from plant-based. 30%, sorry, fat, 20% of that should be plant-based. Yep. Um, be healthy with it. Um, carbs are not evil. I carbs know. have a place. If you're not a physique competitor, don't eat like you're trying to be one. So to, to yes. put yourself through the nightmare of calorie restriction and carb restriction, um, I did the physique thing. It sucked. Know. You know, it was a great experience, but to live like that all the time because you're just hoping for a better body composition can't even is imagine. a nightmare. Don't eat like you're a physique competitor and you're not. Exactly. You can have carbs. Yeah. Um, protein, The only th- everyone eats an abundance of protein. I don't think that's as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just where you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't count peanut butter as protein. <laughs> it's got more fat than protein. <laughs> Everything has proteins, carbs, and fats in it. So just don't fool yourself into thinking that, you know, nuts are good because they've got protein. It's so low compared to the fat. Don't don't lie to yourself. <laughs> um, but the, where's it going with this? Protein's got, um, 
Typically, if you're a trained, if you're a trained individual, you're looking at a gram per pound of body weight a day. Right. That's a safe amount. It's going to be more than most people can consume, but it's there. Exactly. Look for farm-raised, hormone-free, antibiotic-free. Stay away from tilapia. It's disgusting. It's, I love it. It's toilet fish. I've, I was so, I was <laughs> like, if you don't say it, I'm going to have to tell people what you call it. They, they, they farm-raised tilapia in toilets. In That's toilets. That's what I figured out, yeah. I just pictured that. Don't eat tilapia. Exactly. <laughs> so nasty. Okay, so journal what you're eating. Yep. Uh, eat fat. Eat fat. Good. Don't be afraid of good carbs. carbs. Yep, so leafy greens, all the veggies, and I'm not talking spinach because when you cook it, it turns into nothing, but chunky, hearty green veggies exactly destroy them sweet potatoes are good yep. rice is good yep definitely don't be afraid of protein no all good sources just watch where you get it yep. um great advice rotate your sources don't eat the same thing over and over and over again in case there is something funky about the food or where they get it or what they do to it oh yeah i always like to when you say with uh, fruits and veggies don't always go to the same um grocery store Mm-mm. so even just mix up just in case there's you know a batch of something bad that ends up somewhere you know True. J- just farmer's markets if you can that's right it's kind of hard depending on where you live change it change it up <laughs> change it up okay. all right i like it we're much longer than usual sorry all right it's a hot topic it is you could talk about this for like six hours i am and okay I'm, so just f- food journal be mindful don't get caught up in fads yep um know that you actually have to put in the time and the work mm-hmm. to see lasting results yep and you'll never feel better once your body gets in alignment You'll never feel better. And then you won't even imagine going back. No, absolutely agree. We don't live crazy. No. The only thing we didn't talk about is I am in a body composition. So we're already trying to close and I'm coming back. I'm in a body composition that I'm good with. Yes. Which means I can play within one or two points of where I am up or down. If I want a beer, I have a beer. Yes. If I want to have some snacks, I have a snack. If I want to do, but get yourself to that point and then you can enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. And I am also in the exact same state. So that's pretty awesome that you just feel good about yourself, that yep. you're going to allow that. We'll, we'll do cheat in air quotes. You'll, you'll allow yourself that cheat once a blue moon. The indulgence, we'll call it. The, oh, I like that. Yeah. The indulgence. Um, but get there first and don't focus on, you know, all the things that you can't have and you... That's short term. Yeah. Just think of everything that you can do that we're blessed enough to have. Get the physique you want. Yep. And then start making those, then you'll the, gra- the fun tweaks. You'll graduate to where you can selectively and you'll know when and how much and how often. Exactly. And then you don't have to play that game anymore. It's going to be a fun spot to be in. Okay. Well, sweet. We, we talked a whole lot. All right. Uh, hopefully this is helpful. I certainly hope so. We'd, we'd love was, to. There wasn't so much of my snotty opinion that people shut it off, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm I sure can you change had, who I am. I'm sure you had one or two slid in there, but we'd love to know what you guys, um, just your thoughts. Um, Indeed. Always. We, we love dialogue and conversation. Um, and challenge it. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll go back to, well, if someone's got some contradicting opinion or article, I, I'd love to hear it. Oh, I mean, I let's, let's go back and forth. Oh, yeah. Uh, nutrition is always a fluid state. Awesome. Okay. All right, y'all. All right, guys. Uh, Till next time. Happy eating. (laughs) Bye-bye. Be good. (laughs) See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Dumbbell Show. We know you have thousands of options for content and entertainment. We appreciate you spending time with us. If you enjoyed our show, please share our web address, www.beyondthedumbbells.com, and maybe drop us a review. Until next time, live beyond.